Hello guys, um, this is just me, Aaron, pretty chill over here, um, yeah, so today I'm gonna be just going over, probably tell a story maybe, or two, um, it's just me today, I'm not in the lair, uh, kind of chilling right now, so it's kind of like, I don't know. Just prepare for some story that I have randomly in my head. I'm going to dump it out. So, uh, yeah. Get cozy. Drink some hot chocolate. Get some popcorn. Get under those covers and just listen. <sighs> okay. So there once was a boy named Joey. Um, he, he lived in a very nice modern town um in a little town named after jeffrey so this kid he um i forgot his name already so his name's bob right now so bob he um he always loved his family he he always dear to them his family just he always moved to his family to go to you know chill on Christmas and go to, uh, go to his house for Christmas. Um, he always did that. He always went there for Christmas, but today he had to, it was Christmas day. Um, he had to pack some things up and go. He was called, he was deployed to go to war. So he couldn't go see his family so he left. He went to go to war. And he came back and he uh when he came back everything was different. It it all changed. Like everything. It was it was all different. And he, like the whole world around him was completely different. They, like nothing was the same. There was just random things splattered across the area just like stuff there and over there the walls and when he came back to his house it was all rampage rummaged through all of like the things that he had there it was all destroyed when he came back from deployment it was crazy um so that sucked for him he didn't so he went to go call his uh family and then it didn't pick up actually Someone did pick up, but it wasn't his family. And what's crazy about it was it was the same phone number, but it's like it wasn't their phone number anymore. They were like, who is this? And Bob was like, oh, this is, um, this is Jack, like, this is Bob, like, but he obviously could tell that it wasn't his family, so... He just hung up quickly and was so confused. He wasn't, he didn't know what happened. Um, so we went to go find some, something new, something that wasn't so bad. He just went to go see and find like a, he just went to go to the park to just relax his mind because he was so concerned. He was so confused. He didn't know what was going on. He, he didn't know like. His family didn't have the same phone number. His whole 
area was rummaged through, stuff was gone, like he was robbed or something. So he just needed a moment to just collect his life. After at least an hour in the park, he was walking back to his car, and he noticed some people watching him, very mischievously, like, but when he looked, they were just, they hid their faces in newspapers, classic move. Um, so he was just checking around the woods and, like, the trees, and he saw people, and then he just turned away, and right after that, they continued looking at him, and he got inside the car, and he drove off. When he got back to his apartment, he had cabinets. Cabinets that weren't opened before, that were opened. And they had nothing in them. They were all emptied. He was, like, rummaging through them, concerned about what's going on. He was rummaging through all of them, and he was just trying to find his stuff. He searched for them and couldn't find anything. It was all stolen, and he shouted in fear. He, he screamed and, and just... He called it a night and he went to sleep. He, he couldn't take it. He, he went to bed. The next day, he woke up. And everything was the same. Which, thank goodness, he, he didn't. Nothing was gone. That, was, that wasn't gone but yesterday. The same stuff was still gone. But other things were still there. So he got some breakfast. He still had some cereal in his cabinet. So he took the cereal and he poured it. But there was no cereal left in it. It was, and then a little note flew out of it, and it was, and it said, and it said, um, "You're wondering where your family are, aren't you?" And he just blankly was so confused. He didn't know what was going on. It, it said he he wanted to know like what was going on. And he looked out, and there was a car like parked in his driveway, and. There's people with spy glasses staring straight at the window, and he was completely like mind-boggling. So he just rushed to his phone, which was in it, which is in it, which was in his pocket, but it wasn't there. It was gone, and he searched through his, he searched once again through everything to find his phone, but he couldn't find it. They took his phone. He knew it. he had to know it. So he bolted out the door. And screamed at the car to give him his phone back because he just suspected that he stole it. The people scurried away and drew drove out with a skirt and they just drew. They drove far away. And he ran after it until it was too fast and he couldn't catch up to the car. The next day, um, he woke up again. And he went to open his cabinet for a bowl because he was going to have cereal again. So he had another box of cereal. He poured it and another note came out. And it said, you're wondering where your phone is, aren't you? And he was getting ticked. I looked out the window and there wasn't a, dry, a car there. So he kind of calmed down a little bit, but still freaked out. So he just put the note down and he walked down and just left his house. The next thing that happened was he went to the police station. He got in his car and drove out. Actually, his car was gone. Yes, his car was gone. He, They stole the car in the night. He didn't even know. No one knew. So, he was ticked. He was ready to find these people and 
like he was ready to beat the crap out of them. He did not want them to get away, so he hurried and got and just ran. He just sprinted to the police station. It was a pretty small, off the grid type town. There was like a few, maybe a few like small like supermarkets, and and also a police station. So he got he ran to the police station and just ran to it. Probably a few miles. So he was really tired, like out of breath, and he just was heaving and just he opened the door of the police station he said there's just people they're stealing my car they stole a lot of things from my cabinets they stole a lot of stuff i was deployed for a long time and now all my stuff is gone so the police were like calm down it's okay and you think that they would have like some type of guard there but the thing is They were like, you need to calm down, sir. Are you sure that that happened? I mean, you had to have some type of protection or something. Like, your house is probably safe while you're deployed. I mean, couldn't it be? And, I mean, the police just said to deploy a search. So, they deployed a search. And cars drove out to his house. And he came with them. Bob came with them. And when I stepped out of the car, his eyes widened at what he saw his car was back he was just like screaming and like no and he was just rushing like no 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 no, no. so he just busts out of the police car and just runs to inside his house and he opens the doors the notes were gone on his on his desk and all of the stuff all the cabinets they were closed nightly and he opened the cabinets and all the stuff was back everything was back inside the the seat and everything and like the boxes his cereal boxes were completely full and for a bit he was feeling a little happy like and also terrified because he felt like he was going insane but he also was thankful that that probably didn't actually happen it was just stress from being back from deployment I mean yeah so the police came in they were like they thought he was delusional. He, they were like, if you ever call us again, this is a false uh, police call. This is a scam. You need to you need to stop. So they drove out. They just drove back and not, he gave, they gave him a warning. So the next day, he woke up. He just went to sleep and was honestly quite happy because it might have just been over. And he could just move on to his life. But one thing that he had to prove is if his phone number... Because he had his phone back, too. So he grabbed the phone off his uh, off of one of his cabins. Off of one of his, uh, like, island um, tables. And he picked one up, and he ringed it, and he opened it, he flipped the phone up, and he was like... He was calling it, and... He was like... He called the numbers, and the number was still not being picked up. And it was a completely different person still. So he knew that this wasn't fake. He, this was happening. And whoever did this, they somehow rushed and put all of his stuff back before the police came. Because the next day he woke up and he checked the cabinets. They were all fine. But then there were some stuff that was taken that wasn't taken last time. So he rushed to call the police again. And to, instead of leaving, he just called them from his phone just because he still had it this time. So he called the phone and he called them. And they came back, 
But then, right before he was about to call the phone, he felt something cold press against his head, and it was, it felt like, like metal. And he knew what it was. It was a gun. So he turned around, and he looked, stared straight at the person, turned around, and he just held his hands up in fear and shock. And he was like, what is going on? And the person was just like, you're going to take all this money, and you're going to put it, you're going to let us freely get out of here. And don't call the police. You're going to come with us as a hostage. So they grab him, and they bind his arms up with some zip, zip ties, and they take him out. So they t- put him in his car, and then they drive off. And the next day, he's been stuck, and now he's under there, and he's screwed. So that happened, and it's really, like, terrifying for him. So he's just, like, looking around, and he's just like, what is going on? I mean, this is crazy. I'm, I'm abducted, and I'm a hostage. Like, And they stole all of his stuff. And then one of them, they were all binded with, like, these black masks. Like, they had these black bandanas wrapped around their faces and, like, little eye holes sliced in them. So they could see through them, but he couldn't see their faces. Until one of them, he he could tell just by it. One of them lifted his, his mask up and flipped it up, and he could see exactly who it was. Flashback, during his deployment, there was this guy. He was in, he went to a, he went to the war, right? But this was kind of like an off, like he was sent to deploy in this like suburban, or not suburban, this like, just this like country-like area. And there was this one, the people they were fighting against, they, they were they were this tribe that was evil. They, they, um, slaughtered. Just gonna say that. They were bad people. That's what I'm just gonna say. So they had to fight back at them, and eventually they were called to lead back because they had because the tribe got more reinforcements, and they could not fight it back against them, so they headed back. So really, the tribe located the locations of all these, all the people who deployed out there. They, they found where they lived, and their family members, and they, they captured all of them. So they all were in this dark room, because he saw his family, and they were there. And also, they replaced their phone numbers to other people in some way. They don't know how, but these tribes they might have been off located but they were smart they knew what they were doing so flash forward his family is tied up and he's tied up as well he notices that his family and he was crying in tears that he they were alive but he was also sad that they're all hostage and he looked around and he saw some of his buddies like jeffrey and jones and they were both tied up as well and the tribe was like we have a ransom for you, all of you, and if you guys get the ransom, then you guys will be okay. But if you don't, if they pay the ransom for you guys, <clears throat> then you'll be okay. You have seven days until we kill you. So, they had seven days to get all the, get all the money. Okay. So, yeah, he was there, his whole family, all of them, they were all abducted. They were all abducted. They they had nowhere to go. They were stuck there. And at least, like, two, this was their first day being all captured. So, they had six more days left till they would be killed. Or they would ransom them. 
So day one, this is going to be basically the rest of the podcast. I'll just go in details of day one. And then I'll probably have seven parts to this series, maybe a little more than that. I'm not sure. Or, I mean, little, maybe a little less parts than that. But I'll just, now I'm going to just explain part this day one. All right. So Bob and Jeffrey and Jones, they were all, they had their families there. And they were the main, they were the people who deployed there. And they were at least they were his buddies. The other ones they they didn't know who they were, but they were more than the them three who were deployed. But those are just random families. These are the main people I'm going to be focusing on through this series. So Jones. Now I'm going to explain the perspective. So they were all binded up and separately. So there are just multiple tables of people just being binded up in chairs, but they were kind of in like a large circle. And then there was a table in between the circle, and there was a big spotlight shining down on all of them. And then there was a table in between the big circle, like in the middle of the big circle. And that's where all of the guards were. They were sitting where all the tribal members were sitting. They were all sitting, like, in, uh, around that table. And we were just kind of like, I mean, not we, but they were all kind of just, like, in the back, staring behind at their backs of the people. And then they, but then the tribal, the tribe members, they turned back, turned around, and they were like, and they basically explained the rules to them until they didn't know. When they found out they only had seven days to live, they freaked out. <clears throat> so, and then they said to calm down. And they calmed them down somehow. I really don't know how. And eventually, they gave them water because they needed water for that day. So they gave them water and all that. They were also looking around and looking at all of the tribal members. Seeing, like, they are planning out what they were doing. So, like... They found out after a few, like, shift hours, after a few hours, they found out, like, Jeffrey and Jones were kind of communicating, and they were saying, like, every time they're 30 minutes, they, they are switching between, like, 30 minutes, they're switching from flipping back and flipping around and turning and looking at them every 30 minutes. So they're just trying, they're kind of scheming and finding out, like, when they're doing certain things and how they're working it out. So every 30 minutes, they're at the table, like, talking and, like, planning and doing phone calls with the people to get them their ransom, which was over a million dollars, which the town could not afford by themselves. So they they basically, they're trying to reach other towns and other cities to get the money, but it was very hard and it would take a long time, and it would take over seven days to actually get that money. But you see, that this family, they didn't, none of them knew that. All of the hostages, they didn't know that. So they thought that they probably could get it. They, some people just hoped for the ransom. Other people, like Jones, Bob, and Jeffrey, they all knew that they probably wouldn't be able to rely on the ransom because they know these tribe members. They probably hate us. They probably are just, honestly, they're probably just lying about the ransom. So they just have an opinion that they're probably not going to make it out. So they, they're trying to plan and try to get and try to escape fast enough. In, in like a few days, they're not they're not gonna wait till the last day. <clears throat> but they do know that they have want them for a reason because they would have just killed us then, right when they bandaged us up. So they want us for a reason. So eventually, they were all just they were still huddled up in the circle, and they're planning out how it works until one of them until one of until Jeffrey said, 
Jeffrey said that, uh, that he felt like, um, he saw one of the, one of the members drop a piece of glass. It kind of just fell out of his pocket. He didn't know what it was coming from, but he, just a little piece of glass fell from his pocket. So he kind of grabbed, using his foot, he just, because his, his feet were binded, his arms were binded, and they didn't have tape around their mouth, so they could communicate with each other. They, they forgot about that part. So they grabbed the glass, and, they, and he kind of grabbed it with his two feet that were binded, kind of slid them across the ground under his chair. And he also tried to pick them up with his feet, kind of just using, like, the, like the, in between his feet, there was uh, the gap. Because when your feet close, you'll have, like, the small little gap. So he could just kind of, like, open the gap, kind of. And when doing that, he could, he tried lifting his feet up until he could pick it up with his two other hands. And then he flipped it, the glass with his fingers, so then he could flip the sharp end close to the uh, the rope, the zip tie. So we kind of just slided the glass across the zip tie. And this took him a long time. <clears throat> but he, had, he knew he had to get it done before 30 minutes because then they were going to switch again. So they were, he was sawing at it. He was sawing at it and he finally, and he just kept on sawing at it. So it finally broke loose. It snapped and fell on the floor. It made kind of a rattling sound. And it startled the guards, so they saw what happened, and they looked at them. <clears throat> and one of them pulled a knife out, one of the tribe members, and they put it close to Jeffrey, and he was like... And they binded him up again, and they stole the glass from him. They took, They ripped the glass out of his hands, and then walked away. He, the That guard, he had a gun in his hand, and his... uh pistol he had a he had a pistol kind of locked there in his uh slot so when he, when when he turned around to walk back away he reached jeffrey tried to reach his hands and grab the gun so he did get a hold on the gun and he ripped it out he ripped it out from his from his holster and he just pointed it at him and he fired <laughs> it shocked the whole room and echoed across the whole room and everyone looked at him and that tribe member fell to the ground. And a lit and the pool just kinda the pool pool of blood just kinda just seeped. They couldn't really see it that well though, because it was pretty dark, so he kinda just fell over. But then again it was on a spotlight, so he was just kinda bleeding a little bit and he fell. And all the members they saw that that tribe member was dead, and they all just shrieked and they all And the tribe members they went to Jeffrey and they flipped his chair over. It made a loud bang. And it just clanked onto the metal ground. I don't have any metal. So I can't really make a good sound. Sorry. They clanked onto the metal ground. And when that happened. Uh, <clears throat> they just kind of dragged. They flipped him on the ground. And they started kicking him in the face. Until he passed out. He wasn't dead. He was passed out. That was the end of day one. Sorry to end it like this. I know it kind of sucks, but I just kind of have to end it like this. Um, Hope you enjoyed <clears throat> this episode. I will be continuing this series throughout. It will be just me doing this series, though. Um, I'll see you in a bit. Bye-bye.